Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature prolific author Joe Kissel. We'll also hear from Avram Pilch at Laptop Magazine, and he'll be talking about the next version of Android called L. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. And Joe Kissel, welcome back. I'm not going to ask you about Android L. Yeah, not uh, not really interested in Android. <laughs> I think of Android L, I think of the L being the elevated trains in New York. Yeah, I, I have no associations at all. I, I, have, I have my world and it works for me, so uh, I'm just not going to get into that. So I'm going to ride the Android L. Is it better than the BMT? You see, if you didn't live in New York, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Let's Sorry. talk about this. <laughs> A lot of controversy in this country now about broadband, especially since the FCC appears to be trying to have it both ways with their proposed ruling on net neutrality, where you're not allowed to slow down speeds, but you can sell a fast lane. This is crazy. Listen, I want to ask you quickly before we go into this, Joe, you lived in France for a time. How does broadband work there? It, it's pretty nice. You know, I, I lived in Paris for five and a half years. And uh, I don't know if this is true in all of France, but certainly in Paris, there are a bunch of internet providers that offer, they all basically offer the same combination. It's, you know, cable TV, internet access and telephone for one bundled price, which of course you have here too. But in, in France, you might have six options and all six of them have, you know, 100 uh, megabit per second up and down speeds, and you get all of this for like, you know, 30 or 40 bucks a month. So, you know, whatever else you can say about France, their their broadband is pretty great. So I feel ripped off. Well, I know. It was really hard to come back and then, okay, well, now I have two choices, which I'm kind of lucky about, actually. A lot of people in the United States only have one choice for broadband. Some don't have any choices. So I had two, and one of them was relatively inexpensive, but also pretty slow. And the other was relatively fast, but also really expensive. So it was kind of a downer. Now, in San Diego, that's Cox, right? Yeah. So in the portion of San Diego where I live, the options are AT&T, which has their regular DSL and also Uverse, and Cox. Now, there are parts of San Diego that have Time Warner cable, but that's my neighborhood is not one of those. Well, of course, Time Warner will soon be Comcast. Yeah, which um, I think makes me glad that I'm not in one of those neighborhoods. I, I, I had Comcast you know, in another, another town a long time ago. wasn't terribly happy with it. And from what I read from other people, um, it's only gotten uh, less desirable since then. So that's okay with me. I have a friend in New York City who never stops complaining about Time Warner. So it will go from one horror show to another. But part of the problem here, of course, is that each... ISP has to engage in multi-billion dollar investments to wire in your neighborhood. So how do you have six or eight providers in Paris? Does each one have separate wiring or do they share a single network and they all just resell it? There's some of both going on, actually. What typically happens is there there's one set of cabling, fiber or, or coax or whatever in the ground, but the regulations are such that any company can give you 
service using those wires. It's not it's not tied to to the company that put it in. There are some instances, you know, when I when I got to France, there was this big thing. A new company or a, one of one of the providers was rewiring the city with fiber, and it was going to be just their own stuff. And there was some legal dispute, and it got hung up for years. But mostly, it's just a matter of uh, of the regulations there. It's like you can choose your. You know, there's there's one set of phone wires. There's one set of uh, you know cables and one set of electrical. But you can choose uh, different utilities to provide your service. So who maintains this? The city? That's a good question. I don't know. I if I had to hazard a guess, and it would only be a guess, I would imagine that uh, the various providers all pay fees that go into that. But I really don't know. Well, here it gets complicated because at the heart of it, each locality has to make a deal with the cable company. Right. Each well, one wires separately. Yeah. There, there's a box outside my house here in San Diego that uh, has the, the cable in it. It's like it's a Cox box. <laughs> Cox box. Um, and it's an ivory-colored box, right? If, well, actually, here it's green. But anyway, if, if, someone, if another company wanted to wire the neighborhood with something else, I mean, AT&T is a little bit of an exception because – they're using, you know, the phone infrastructure, but presumably they would have to install, you know, more underground wires and more boxes and things, and it's complicated and, and, and of course, expensive. Now, of course, AT&T is busy preparing for this merger with DirecTV if it gets regulatory approval. They're also planning to build out fiber in a number of cities, but is that going to happen in San Diego, anywhere around where you are? Supposedly, in fact, supposedly both AT&T and Cox are building fiber networks that will... AT&T has a fiber network, but you just don't get fiber speed. So supposedly in the next one to two years, both of those providers will offer gigabit service here in my neighborhood. Now, I'll believe it when I see it, and I have no idea what the prices will be or other features or whatever... But I have read that both companies are planning on it, which is great because not only will I have the opportunity to get gigabit you know, broadband, but the competition between the two would hopefully keep prices somewhat sane. Okay. Now, in general here, I know you've written about this. Say you're moving into a new neighborhood, which is, I guess, the best time to make this decision. You want to choose broadband. Now, obviously, if you're stuck with one provider, that's what you take, unless you get satellite. But satellite's really not that good, is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, satellite. Somebody uh, made it made that comment. You know, I had this MacWord article on, on choosing broadband, and somebody made that comment on Twitter. Why didn't you talk about Hughes? Well, yeah, I know it exists, but it's more expensive and slower. And you have these these really. If you think cable or or DSL data caps are bad, <laughs> satellite data caps are worse. So I, I'm aware of satellite. Yeah, I would certainly use it if I lived somewhere that I didn't have cable or DSL as an option. But for anyone in an urban environment, you know, you, you pay more and get less. Um, so, sorry, what you were saying? Well, of course, the big problem with satellite is not just the limited bandwidth cap. It is latency. Oh, yeah. The signal has to go up to the satellite and back down again. For something like this, if you were doing a Skype call over satellite, that would be really painful. Right. Because you'd always have to wait. Yeah, for the response. Have, it's kind of like in the old days with television when they do a network connection and they'd use satellite. And then you'd talk to the correspondent in, I don't know, in London. So how are things over there? What about this debate over new tax policies? And you'd wait like a second and a half. 
for the person to sort of look on the screen and then kind of nod his head and then respond. Yeah, there are there are faster and slower uh, satellite technologies, and I think it will get better over time. But you you can't really. I mean, there, there's the distance between the Earth and orbit. You can't really mess with that fundamentally. So unless you use subspace radio, of course. Of course, of course, we use subspace radio. Okay, so what can you tell us? What kind of advice can you offer well, with regard to choosing a broadband provider? Or even picking the right plan with the one that you may have. Right. Well, it, it is tricky. And, of course, uh, when, when you're talking about a provider that has cable TV and, and telephone, too, do you get all three of those or just one or just two? And they, they all the different bundles make, uh, make a, a really difficult decision. For me, the overriding consideration was bandwidth. That's not the main... You know, main thing for everyone. Some people are more concerned about cost. Some people are more concerned about customer service or whatever. For me, the big issue was bandwidth because, you know, I do tons of stuff online. I do lots of not just like streaming video, which everybody does. I do heavy duty online backups and I'm constantly downloading, you know, multi gigabyte uh, OS 10 installers and, and just tons of stuff. So for me, bandwidth was most important. Joe Kissels and- joins us. We're going to tell you more about picking a broadband provider, what plan to pick, and then we'll talk about his new book, Take Control of Automating Your Mac. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s.com hi john hubner from midas resources are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away as government spending is out of hand and the federal reserve is creating in excess of 20 billion a week are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987 too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929 this is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. And we all know what happened when the subprime credit bubble burst. By March 2009, the dollar lost 50% of its value. The entire U.S. banking system was on the verge of collapsing. Like all financial problems of the past, is history about to repeat itself? Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 129, before it's too late to protect yourself. Will the oncoming catastrophe take all private IRAs, 401ks with it? There is a way to protect your hard-earned assets. Call me, John Hubner, at 1-800-686. 2237 extension 129. 
At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com Moms of America, stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids. I pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again. I pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me. I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Owl Live, we have prolific author Joe Kissel. Not true that he's written almost as many books as, say, Brett Steiger. He's had 165. This is, uh, this is actually my 45th Take Control book and, uh, whatever, half a dozen or so print books, you know, mixed in there. So, uh, maybe in the, in the 50-ish range altogether. So, I'm, I'm still far behind. I've only done 30-some-odd, I think 33 or something like that, but I don't do them as frequently as I used to, and I haven't done any Take Control books. All right. Okay. So, bandwidth is an issue, but the problem is with a broadband provider, with your wireless carrier, they'll tell you what your bucket of bandwidth is and you yeah. have different price tiers with your standard isp that's something that's in the fine print if you can find the fine print well yeah it is and in fact it's even worse than that because first of all some providers will, will say well they're, they're all going to say up to such and such a speed and the up to can mean anything so if they say up to 100 megabits per second and you get one well that's you know <laughs> that's up to 100 the thing that was really of a concern to me was upstream bandwidth so how fast i can upload files and in the case of AT&T they go out of their way to hide that information 
you have to really, really, really search. It's just not anywhere on their website how fast the upload speeds are. They're, they're, they're pretty upfront about the download speeds, up, upstream speeds not so much. Uh, now for Cox, they have these different tiers, and with each tier, both the downstream and upstream speeds go up. So I was at the, the sort of next to highest tier for a while, and it was fine for me speed-wise. Uh, and then I got a notice one day, I didn't even realize that I had a data cap, but then I got a notice one day that I exceeded it. And the notice said, would you like to upgrade to our, you know, our Mega Master plan, which uh, doesn't, which has a more generous data cap. So I'm like, all right, fine. So I did. Um, so now I'm getting the best speeds that Cox currently offers and the largest uh, data cap that they offer in my area, which is 400 gigabytes uh, a month, which is pretty much sufficient for my needs. But you do have to you do have to read the fine print. And if you don't see what you want in the fine print, you might have to do some web searches and find out. Go to a place like, you know, speedtest.net or, or similar sites where other people that have that service already have reported what speeds they're actually getting down and up. And you can look for other places in your neighborhood and see what you're likely to get. Now, I have a very cheap plan, DSL plan with CenturyLink. I get 50 down. They advertise it as 40, but they've been able to enable 50 where I live. 50 down, 20 megabits up, and I pay a humongously low price with a Good static IP. Really low, like less than $40 a month. Wow, special that's impressive. Deal. It is impressive, and it's sufficient for my needs, especially the uploading. It's really good. That's a really good speed. Now, Cox in the Phoenix area offers 150 megabits download and 20 upload. Is that similar to what you get? So the maximum here that I can get is is in principle 100 down, although in real world I get about 75 or so. And the maximum up, they it's the other way around. The maximum up is 20, but I consistently get 23 or 24. So uh, our, our do- maximum download speeds currently are a bit lower than yours. All right. But whether you get the real performance, I don't know. When I do some benchmark testing, I'm getting – close to 85 or 90 percent of what they advertise yeah which is excellent uh, now one of the things i mentioned in this article is that some services including comcast and cox uh have this little feature where they boost your speed temporarily just for the first like 18 to 22 megabytes of a file they boost your speed by about 25 percent. so when you're downloading smallish things it makes them feel a lot faster. That doesn't help you when you're streaming a video or doing Skype or, you know, something that, that involves more data. And I think really it's it's mostly a gimmick. But the, the competitors will say, yeah, yeah, see you're not getting all the all the speed that you you should because it's 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 artificial. You, you know, your test might say one thing, but the real world performance is something else. So that is an element to take into consideration. Well also if you're dealing with downloading updates from Apple, or you're downloading anything big like a high-definition movie, that power boost feature, whatever it is, is basically non- nothing. It means Right. You know, I mean, I, I see like a special buy all the, you know, a series of whatever Star Trek movies or something from iTunes store for one low price. Oh, yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden I realize, oh, my God, I'm downloading 50 gigabytes right now. And yes, yeah, so those, those tiny little speed boosts do absolutely nothing. The other argument people are making before we get into the choice is that some ISPs are putting the throttle to like Netflix because Netflix, what is what a quarter or a third of all the internet bandwidth it's, is on it's Netflix? A huge amount. 
Yeah. Yeah, especially the when they release a new TV show. Like yeah. Orange is the New Black. They come out with the next season of House of Cards. There's going to be a Daredevil for all you Marvel Comics fans. And it's not going to have Ben Affleck, who's now doing Batman. A Daredevil TV series coming to Netflix. So, okay, I'm going to binge on that. I'll tell you that right now. So, they're claiming that some ISPs like Comcast or Verizon are throttling Netflix. And I like to throttle Netflix sometimes for different (laughs) reasons. But what is that all about? Yeah, well, I mean, from the ISP's point of view, the argument is that Netflix is taking up such a huge amount of our resources and costing us money because that's, you know, the ISP bears the the cost of the infrastructure and the maintenance and all that. Um, So why shouldn't the the person who's using up the most of our resources pay for it? From the, you know, from Netflix's point of view, nobody, nobody said that, that, different kinds of traffic were going to be treated differently on the internet. I mean, not back then. So uh, why, why should, why should it be their, their problem? They're, they're paying money to the studios. They're getting money from customers. And, you know, this, this whole idea that I'm not just sending something out onto the internet, but I have to make a specific deal with every single local and regional ISP to get enough bandwidth is just sort of contrary to the way the internet is supposed to work. And for, you know, consumers, we just want to watch our videos, right? So we don't, we don't, you know, maybe it doesn't matter if we're paying a dollar more or less per month, but we, we don't want to have videos stutter and buffer all the time. So, uh, you know, it's, it's much better for us for however it happens for these, the big guys, just work it out, work it out, figure out a way for us to get our stuff. Well, the point is I'm paying for a certain bandwidth. I'm paying for certain speeds. Since I'm paying the bill, what right does the ISP have to charge anyone else? Yeah, well, you're paying not only your ISP, you're also paying Netflix. And somehow, (laughs) even with the combination of those two things, the the duel between the two of them means you might not get what you are paying for. Now, one of the theories here is that what these companies will do is they'll stick their own servers within the facilities run by your ISP, so there is a direct connection. And that gets to be complicated, too. And we'll do a little bit more of this, then we'll get into the book about automating your Mac. But first, got to tell you, Joe Kissel joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. What good is a Big Berkey water filter? We get that question a lot here at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And in a word, the answer is protection. Protection from water main breaks, E. coli contamination, environmental chemical spills, pesticide runoff, chlorine taste and smell, and all forms of fluoride. Plus, Big Berkey water filters are the original gravity water filter system and most trusted on the market for a reason. Tested by multiple independent NSF EPA certified labs, they are the gold standard in water purification. At only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. That means big savings. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get a Big Berkey today at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit our website or call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Got a simple question for you. Can you sell? Yes? Okay. Can you sell the intangible? If yes, and you'd like to work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, with no overtime, no weekends, if you're passionate about not closing sales, but about opening relationships, if you truly have a desire to serve global clients who need your advertising expertise, and you're local to the Twin Cities and Burnsville, are hardworking, self-driven, with experience in sales, marketing, or advertising, are personable and a whiz on the phone, GCN wants to talk with you right now. GCN, the Genesis Communications Network, is one of the largest largest independent talk radio networks in the world and we're hiring right now. We offer benefits and an excellent commission structure. Experience preferred, but we'll train the right person. Is that you? Submit your resume today to advertise at GCNlive.com. Again, that's advertise at GCNlive.com. Come work with the Genesis Communications Network, an equal opportunity employer. If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you. ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 Blooms for $19.99. Plus, ProFlowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from ProFlowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code PLOW. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Joe Kissel's joining us 
first part of our discussion about choosing a broadband provider. Now, one of the other issues which I ran into is, as we know, I have CenturyLink, you have Cox, but Cox doesn't directly connect to Apple or any site. They will possibly go through several intermediary providers through a peering agreement where they talk to one another. And if there's an argument over fees or traffic, suddenly you get slow performance, even though theoretically you're getting the speed you paid for. But as soon as it leaves, leaves the borders of Cox and leaves the borders of CenturyLink or Comcast, it's all downhill from there. Yeah, we have this illusion that the internet is just this, you know, it's it's just this cloud, right? And everything is sort of equal out there, but it really is just an illusion. Uh, as you say, all the different ISPs and providers have to talk to each other. And at any point in that system where, you know, bits are traveling from one place to another, uh, something could get redirected or misdirected or slowed down or what have you. Um, I, I think the idea of putting, like, as you mentioned, Netflix putting caching servers in various locations is is great because it makes it reduces the overall amount of traffic on the larger internet and pushes a lot of it to uh, you know these these local spots. So that's better because less congestion and more speed. So that's nice. But I kind of wish it weren't necessary. Well, the point I was making before is I was having problems reaching one of my web servers, and apparently it was the result of the fact that CenturyLink. And the provider in question, Cogent, were having a dispute over traffic, where each was saying the other was feeding too much traffic, and probably there was an argument over fees. And I finally wrote to the president of CenturyLink, and I got a response from their legal department, basically saying that it was all Cogent's fault, whereas Cogent said it was their fault. So while they're fighting over traffic, I'm getting lousy performance. They finally fixed it. How they fix it, they directed my server's traffic through a different provider to get hmm. to CenturyLink. Isn't hmm. this crazy? That is but, crazy. But it's crazy because the customer has no control. That's right. Because if you go to your ISP and say, I'm getting lousy performance, they'll say, it's fine in our network. We're not responsible. But the point being is, is that that signal, that content that you're getting to get your file from Apple or Microsoft or my server or whatever that may go through several different networks before it gets to Comcast or CenturyLink or Cox. Right. At, at any place in there, there could be a hang-up because of an equipment failure, because of traffic, because of a dispute from one provider to another. Absolutely. So, I, you know, unfortunately, there's just not a solution to that. You can, if, if you have multiple providers you can choose from, you can try choosing another but that's that's about as far as it goes. If you know, because we don't have so much competition here, uh, voting with your feet is is only uh, it will only get you so far. Exactly. So in the end, what can you tell people choosing a broadband provider? Is there an ideal speed or bandwidth they should look for? Well, there's no really ideal speed. I mean, a large part of it depends on your needs. A large part of it depends on your budget. For me, what I have now is adequate for the time being. I am eagerly looking forward to the day when someone, anyone, offers uh, gigabit broadband in my neighborhood. Uh, I know that there are a number of neighborhoods where, uh, you know, a number of parts of, of the U.S. And, and other countries where it already is available, and so I think that's fantastic. Um, my really, my number one piece of advice is read the fine print. Just you know, make sure you know the facts. 
what exactly the provider is promising in terms of upload and download speeds and cost and features and service. Read some forums, uh, find out are they throttling your bandwidth uh, when you get to a certain data cap or are they cutting you off when you get to a certain data cap? Uh, what exactly are you signing up for? You might not be able to change it, but at least you will know what you're getting yourself into and know when it's time to start standing up for, no, I'm not, I'm not getting what I paid for. All right. So you get the letter or you get a call or you find you're having a problem and your ISP says, well, you have 250 gigabytes and now you've got 260. So yeah. do you give up for that month? Do they just turn you off or can you negotiate something with them? It all depends. I mean, some providers will just throttle your speeds until the next month ticks over uh, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, some of them will charge you more. You might be able to call them up uh, and make a case and they'll either do something or negotiate something with you, but there's, there's no sort of fixed rule. It all depends on the specific provider. I have more cellular data than I use per month, so that's my fallback plan. If I ever get to the point where I have I have consumed my 400 gigabytes and I have one day left before you know next month, I can always fall back on my cellular data plan uh, and you know use my iPhone as a, a Wi-Fi hotspot and get by that way. So that's that's another another possibility for something. Well, obviously, if they're giving a gigabit internet, they're going to have to raise those bandwidth caps to something reasonable. Of course. You don't want to use up your entire allotment for the month in, you know, an hour. As I was about to say, what about the bundles? So you get telephone service, you get TV. Mm -hmm. CenturyLink does have a TV service called Prism. It's not here. They offer a deal with DirecTV and they offer telephone. Do those things make it? Or not? Well, I mean, again, it all it all depends. A lot of people are, you know, cord cutters. They they don't want cable TV. They want to get all their content from, you know, Netflix and iTunes and so forth. And if that works for you, then you can certainly save a lot of money by by ditching one of the uh, uh, the TV bundles. For me, unfortunately, I just really, really, really wanted to see certain shows that if I were to to wait for them to appear on iTunes or Netflix, I would have to wait a year or two, and uh, I just didn't like that. So I'm uh, reluctantly paying for for a cable TV service, really just to get a handful of channels, two or three. So it, it, it all depends on what your viewing tastes and habits are and how much you're willing to pay. Um, I, I, what, I, what I did do is I said no to the digital phone service. Um, and Cox has been really, I mean, I about every month I get another letter or email or something saying, no, no, please, please, you'll save so much money if you also bundle our digital phone service. But I really don't like their digital phone service as much as I like Vonage. I, wa- I like Vonage. I wanted to keep Vonage. So I have Vonage and, uh, you know, Cox will say, but ours is so much cheaper, asterisk, you know, for the first six months, <laughs> after which point, you know, the price goes way up. So I looked at the, the long-term pricing and the features and I determined that for me, not having that bundle made more sense. Because these internet phone providers are very cheap. You've got basic talk, which is nine ninety five a month. Of course, it doesn't include Canada, doesn't include overseas, but I think for ninety five percent of the people they want to reach nine ninety nine a month for telephone. Now I use a service called Voipo and it's basically similar to Vonage, a little bit cheaper. 
But it's the same kind of thing. You get a lot of nice features, works very well, and no bundle can match that. No bundle right. available can match that. Now, obviously, so, so AT&T is going to have a different setup when they finish this purchase of DirecTV. If it goes through, they'll offer different types of bundles. Yeah. So, again, you just have to do your homework, and you have to realize that whatever facts you get today could change tomorrow. Exactly. And competition is fierce, especially for wireless phones. The prices are all over the place. And twice in the last year on my AT&T contract, I have been able to negotiate lower prices for my services. Mm -hmm. So I'm now paying probably 60% less than I did last year for Good the for same you. service. Excellent. So, And even then, even with your broadband providers, negotiate, especially if you're disappointed with them and you're about ready to consider leaving or threatening to leave. Suddenly, they'll find price plans that you never thought about, that aren't advertised. It's like the car salesman who doesn't want you to leave the showroom. Oh, yeah. That, that kind of stuff goes on all the time. In fact, uh, I was just talking with someone uh, by email yesterday about that, that very situation where they uh, negotiated a, a lower and unpublished broadband rate. So uh, if you threaten to leave, they, they, will, they will try hard. Joe Kissel joins us. Let's find out how to automate your Mac. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 we live in a complicated society stressful issues are always popping up have you ever been treated unfairly by someone have you ever been overcharged for a repair have you ever signed a contract or a document 
Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Ouch! My back is out again! Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design Design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. For the second half of our discussion with prolific author Joe Kissel, who does 50,000 of those Take Control books. He does a book every hour, I understand. You know, he's just got so many of them. And this one's about automating your Mac. Now, I want to ask you very briefly, because you have people here who use Windows 2. This kind of automation, is that available on Windows 2 with the Windows operating system or not really? Well, uh, certain aspects of it are, I mean, this particular book is is strictly Mac. I talk about stuff that's built into OS X. I talk about third-party utilities that you can buy that most of them aren't available on Windows. There are some things sort of comparable to some of them on Windows, but uh, that's just not my domain. That's not something that I've I've even touched on in this book because there's it's just it's just such a huge topic, and I had to limit it in certain ways. Um, I would say that in general, you know, there is probably a way to do something similar uh, to just about everything I discuss on Windows. There really isn't anything quite like AppleScript on Windows. There isn't anything quite like Automator, but there are ways to to get similar things done. Well. I remember years ago on the Mac, I used to use Quick Keys, where I automated a number of steps. As did I. 
Right. But Apple, of course, has Apple Script, and they've got this automator utility that allows you to, what, string them all together? Well, you know, I, I will say, first of all, I, I loved Quick Keys back in the day. I still, I mean, I still have it. It's just that it hasn't been updated in years, and, and signs suggest that it won't be. Um, right now, in place of Quick Keys, I'm using something called Keyboard Maestro, which has a, a sort of comparable set of features, but it's being very actively developed. So Keyboard Maestro is great because you don't have to do any programming. It's, it's very much like Automator in that you just, oh, uh, you know, here's, here's an item in a list. Let me drag that into my sequence of things, and then my macro will do that. Now, I want it to do another thing. After that, I drag something else from the list in. It's, it's really simple. So um, both Automator and uh, Keyboard Maestro are kind of like that, where just here's a bunch of things you can do, and you string them together, and maybe set a few parameters, and you're done. The uh, thing about Automator is uh, it, uh, it, its its domain is pretty limited. So um, it comes with all these uh, actions um, that are based on, you know, various apps in OS 10 and third party apps. But if there isn't already an automator action for that thing that you want to do, uh, then, then you're just stuck. Whereas keyboard maestro can sort of, you know, its tentacles can reach throughout your system and it can do, uh, a lot more, even with apps that don't have, you know, that aren't Apple scriptable, that don't have, uh, explicit automator actions and things like that. So, uh, and, and, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I talk about dozens of other uh, ways to automate your Mac. Um, but uh, the, the point is that if you like programming or if you're interested in learning programming, then sure, there are ways you can do it with something like Apple Script or Shell Scripts or what have you. Uh, if all that just sounds really scary and intimidating to you, also no problem. You don't have to do any programming at all. You don't have to see any code in order to automate your Mac. Uh, it can be just a very nice, easy, graphical, drag-and-drop kind of thing. Then you click a button or press a key combination or whatever it may be, and something magical happens. Now, the checkbox listing all the bullet point features of Take Control of Automating Your Mac indicates different subjects that you're covering. And the first one is to develop an automator's mindset. And I presume with that, Joe, you're talking about looking at different things you do in the expectation that there is some kind of automated routine that can be developed for that. Yeah, it's, it, it, that's part of it. I mean, it is a matter of introspection. It is a matter of looking at what you are doing during the day, whether you're typing or you're doing some activity that involves a series of mouse clicks or you're doing some, you know, you're preparing a certain report every week or every month that you're following the same basic steps. Um, it's it's a matter of noticing the sorts of things that either are repetitive, like you do them a lot, or they just take a long time and they're very error prone, or you want to make them more accurate and more repeatable. So I recommend using this, this ancient technology called paper to just make notes. When you notice something that feels like it's just tedious or it's annoying because you keep having to do this, and if only, you know, my computer could do this for me, well, make a note of that. And then as you go through the book, you might find uh, a technology or a utility that could simplify that for you. And uh, you just chip away bit by bit at the annoying things, the time-consuming things, and, uh, and start making them simpler. So, for example, if I want to do something and I want to automate it, what kind of actions would fit in that category? 
what would I what? look into in terms of my regular daily routine as things that I could automate? Anything that requires more than one or two steps that are repetitive? One of the one of the metrics I like to use is to count up how many mouse clicks it takes to do something. Now, I mean, you wouldn't count up how many mouse clicks it takes to uh, retouch a photo or or, or, or write a, a document in pages or something, because that's a very long, complex activity that involves a lot of you know creativity and stuff that's totally subjective. But if there's a, a task that you, okay, well, you know, I wanted to resize this graphic. So first I had to, you know, double click it to open it in this app. And then I had to go to this menu and click this. And then I had to go to this dialogue and click that. Well, just count up the number of clicks. How many clicks did that take? Um, maybe it's, you know, 15 clicks. Well, what if I could get that down to two clicks? Wouldn't that, that be better? Uh, or what if instead of 15 clicks, I could give you a keystroke that did that? Or what if instead of 15 clicks, I could give you a menu command that did that? So that's not a perfect metric by any means, but it's an easy thing to count. You can say, well, you know, by the time I went to this menu and this submenu and this window and whatever, uh, it, it took me this many clicks. And it's just a little bit of a shorthand for uh, how, how not how difficult necessarily, but uh, how time-consuming uh, a particular task is. You, you might also count keystrokes. Well, boy, I'm typing this this word or this address or this name over and over again. It's so many letters, and sometimes I mess up the letters, so I have to retype it. Uh, counting keystrokes, again, it's not something you want to do a lot, but you, if you just happen to notice, wow, I typed the words keyboard maestro 10 times today. That's a lot of letters. Maybe I could have a little shortcut that typed it for me. So now you want to think of the tools that you want to use to create this automated routine. So Apple Script is going to require a little programming savvy. Right. And, you know, I, I wait till fairly late in the book to talk about Apple Script because I want to, I, I want to expose readers to uh, quite a few things that are much simpler first. So my, my rule of thumb is... Uh, find the you know find the simplest way of of automating something, and if if that if a simple way just can't do it, then move up to the next harder way. So, for example, if you had something you wanted to do, back to my like resizing graphics example, yeah, of course you can do that in Apple Script. You can also do it in Automator. I mean, there are other lots of other ways to do it too. But you might start with Automator because it's easier. And if you got into a specific type of graphics works that that, that Automator couldn't do, then you'd say, well, okay, now I'm going to have to switch to a different technology and use Apple Script. So I, I, I do think that um, don't, don't make your life unnecessarily difficult. You, I mean, that, the point of the book is to make your life easier. So, so use the simplest technology possible to automate any particular task. Now, something like Keyboard Maestro. Yeah. How extensive is it in terms of what it offers? And we'll be ending this segment in about a minute and continue in the next one. But I'm looking at this thing and I want to do these multi-step operations. I don't want to get involved in Apple Script. Mm -hmm. Now, personally, I can do it a little bit, but I wouldn't want to anymore. I just want something that's going to work fast and maybe they're built in things already that I could adapt. So how can I approach it in a keyboard maestro? Let's introduce it here and get to the next segment. Uh, easiest way is put keyboard maestro in record mode. Just like recording on a, on a DVR, you go do stuff and press stop, and it will make whatever you've done into a macro, and then you can figure out what parts don't work quite right. You can go back and edit them and refine them. That's the easiest way to get started. 
Okay, so let it do the thinking for you. Let it do the walking for you. And that's the lazy person's way out, but maybe the most effective. Joe Kissel joins us. You're going to learn more about automating the functions on your Mac. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Avram Pilch, the online editorial director of Laptop Magazine. He'll be talking about the Google I.O. conference where they introduce Android L. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. GCN, proudly sponsored by UnseenNow.com. Find out how to stop Big Brother and his tracks at UnseenNow.com. This is GCN. Henry Ford once said, a man who stops advertising to save money is like a man who stops a clock to save time. Alex Castle here, the National Account Executive at GCN. I have the ability to customize a national radio campaign based on your budget while targeting your demographic. Contact me to find out how national radio can help your business be more profitable at 877-996-4327, extension 177. That's 877-996-4327, extension 177, and help me help you bring your business to the next level. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we have Keyboard Maestro, and we really should bring them on the show and talk about this more, because I used to have fun in the old days with Quick Keys, and Apple had this macro utility way back when. That was buggy as all get out. Okay, so the record function, how good is that, by the way? Is that about as good as you programming it yourself? It's not as good as doing it yourself. When you record a macro, uh, it's it's just, it's dumb. It doesn't know what you're seeing on screen or what what things are important to you. So for example, let's say you, you, one of the things you do while you're recording is you open a web page. Well, all it knows is, well, the, the, you know, he, he put in this URL and then the next thing he did was click this button. But maybe when you're running the macro back, 
the web page hasn't finished loading yet, but Keyboard Maestro doesn't know that the wait time was significant, so it doesn't put in a pause or a delay for you. It just tries to click the next button, but that button isn't there yet. So it's that sort of thing where you have to say, oh, well, at this point in the macro, the, the conditions aren't right, so I need to manually stick in a wait condition. I need to say, no, just wait till this window is there or till this page loads or whatever, um, and then do the next thing. So it's it's not bad. It's, it's a really great way to get started so you can see what kinds of commands exist and how macros are are, are created. But if you, if you want to get into the really heavy-duty uh, fine control, you'll have to do some, some serious tweaking. And, and personally, I very rarely use recording anymore. I always start from scratch because I'm familiar enough with the program to know what it can do. And uh, it's just faster for me that way. It almost reminds me of programming like a Logitech Harmony remote, where to make a lot of functions work, you suddenly have to put in wait states. It's better at it now, but it used to be where you'd have to program a delay from the time it starts your TV till it starts the DVR, till it starts your speaker system. Now it kind of figures out all those timings itself. But that's a big issue. Or maybe an interrupt in your macro that you're making with Keyboard Maestro, where it does this action, it brings up your browser, you manually insert your URL as soon as you press return or enter it triggers the second part. Is that possible? There are, there are lots of possibilities. You can even have a macro sort of when it gets to a certain point, ask you questions. Well, should I do this now or should I do the other thing now? Or you can use variables so it can say, well, depending on what's in this particular location in this window or on this page, I will either do this or I will do that. But I mean, at this point, you're getting into something that's fairly geeky. And it takes a certain sort of, you know, as, as we were talking about the automator's mindset, it takes, takes a certain sort of frame of mind to think in those highly logical terms. And like, I love doing that myself. And, and if readers of the book want to do the same thing, I'm thrilled. But I just, I just want to emphasize that there's so much you can do without having to twist your brain into those knots. Um, there, there are lots of simple shortcuts that you know, don't, don't require you to learn a new skill, really, or think heavily about logic. Are people going online and posting built-in macros and things, routines online that you can maybe download? Well, Keyboard Maestro is a little bit weird in that it's, it's, not, it's not so simple to, uh, to, to use a macro that someone else has written. Um, certainly, I mean, you can. Certainly with, with Apple scripts, and automator uh, workflows and automator actions, people are posting those online. Uh, just, just because of the way Keyboard Maestro is designed, it doesn't make it as easy to do that. Um, but, uh, but I'm glad you mentioned that because what I say about a lot of things in the book is, you know, learn, learn how, to just, how to just run the tool. Just, you know, either either download something somebody else has written, or just copy from the book and 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 make what you see on your screen the same as on my screen, and learn how to run it. And then once you learn how to do that, you can download other stuff people have have written themselves. And then you can start making little tweaks. Like I just want this little this window to be a little bit larger or whatever. And you don't have to sort of say I'm going to learn this from scratch. You can really uh, stand on other people's shoulders. Well, that works, I guess, for Automator. I guess there are a lot of Automator routines online that you can download. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of them. So that would be, of course, one way, one very good way to be able to at least get started. 
I guess then you could look at the routines. Can you take them apart once you download these routines and kind of see how they're made up? Yeah, of course. Um, and in fact, that's, that's really what I recommend is uh, examining, you know, find something that does something kind of similar to what you want or in the ballpark and take a look, see how does it do this? How does it do this in Keyboard Maestro or in, in Automator, Apple Script or a Shell Script or uh, whatever the technology may be? And then see if I can do something similar. Now, you have a section here on taking full advantage of input devices to save clicks. How so? Yeah. Well, you know, I used to work for Kensington. And uh, back then, I was in charge of development for the Mouseworks software. Mouseworks is, is, is uh, long gone. Now, now they have a software called Trackballworks. But, you know, we'd have these, these trackballs and mice with four buttons, 10 buttons, 20 buttons, and you could program all the buttons to do different stuff. Um, and so if you happen to be using an input device, uh, and I list lots and lots of them in the book, um, might be a mouse or trackball or, or some wacky keyboard or whatever. I mean, I have a leap motion in front of me. There are all sorts of crazy input devices that you can program different uh, clicks or taps or gestures to do stuff. Well, like if you have in this example, let's say you have a four-button trackball, and of course, one of the buttons is a click, and maybe one of the other buttons is a right-click, control-click, uh, you still got two buttons, so let's do something with them. Like, maybe one of the buttons opens mail, or opens Safari, or uh, does, some, does some activity, copies, paste, whatever. Some activity that you find yourself doing dozens of times a day, instead of doing it manually with keyboard and mouse, why not just use that button that's sitting there largely unused, click the button and, and you have this activity. So that's, that's a lot of what I'm talking about in the input device section is if you, if you have an input device with extra controls, gestures, or whatever, uh, put them to good use. And if you don't, maybe you'd like to be aware of some input devices that you could buy that would give you literally you know, one touch access to things that right now require a lot of steps. This is not something you can do, obviously, with the Apple Mouse. No, the Apple Mouse, unfortunately, uh, and is not magic enough. No, and and the the Magic Mouse and the Magic Trackpad. Um, I mean, they're configurable to a certain degree, but you can't just uh, arbitrarily say, you know, this gesture now means, uh, you know, run an Apple script, or this gesture now means open an app. Um, they they limit you to, to a very narrow uh, range of features. Highly unfortunate. Yeah. But then that's an argument in favor of going to Logitech or something else. Perhaps. Or maybe not. All right, so that's one possibility. And the same is true with keyboards. You get some of these so-called multimedia keyboards with extra rows of silly buttons. Right, yes, things. exactly. Okay, now let's move into things you can do with third-party apps that have macro capability. Of course, first and foremost, there is Microsoft Office. And I suppose the concern with Office is those macro viruses. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really get into the macro virus issue in this book. That is, that can be a concern, but there are ways of addressing it. Um, I, I'm, I'm strictly sort of utilitarian in this book. I'm saying, did you know that Microsoft Word and Excel can uh, can have have a built-in scripting language uh, called Visual Basic for applications 
that can let you do, I mean, it's a full blown programming language. You can do tons and tons of stuff. And as in Keyboard Maestro, they have a record feature. So if you're like, well, I don't really, it's a weird programming language and I don't know how to quite do this. Well, just click the record button and do some stuff and click stop and see what happens. You might get a macro that's pretty usable. So uh, I talk about how to, uh, how to do those sorts of things. And I don't really recommend that a lot of people go out and learn how to program in, in Visual Basic for applications extensively. Um, it's, it's a pretty specialized need, but you should at least know how to grab macros that other people have written and stick them in and use them to automate things that you're doing frequently in Microsoft Office. Joe Kissel joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more. More at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R O C K O I D S.com. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. Today is an important day. It's your day to be ready. Take care of your family and buy your emergency food supply from the Freeze Dry Guy. Because today, the Freeze Dry Guy introduces our Mountain House and Packaway one month food supply. Today, get the Freeze Dry Guy's 30 day premium unit, normally $364, sale priced at $263, save $101. Buy two cases, normally $727, sale priced at $506, save $222. Or choose three 30 day premium units, normally $1,091, now only $748, save $343 
Tacos from the Freeze-Dry Guy. These premium units are packed with the highest quality Mountain House entrees, meats, vegetables, and Packaway brand freeze-dried pineapple and dehydrates, such as milk, ABC stew, and rolled oats, 289 half-cup servings. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. Free shipping to the lower 48. Hurry, our Mountain House and Packaway one-month supply sale ends soon. So call now, 866-404-3663. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon Heart and Body Extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB Extract, paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise, can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Fast question, this may be something we don't want to get into, Joe Kissel. And that is, if you already have a built-in routine of macros in Office for Windows from your office, is that reasonably compatible with the Mac version? Uh, for the most part, yes. For the most part, uh, macros are portable between Windows and Mac versions of Office. There are some exceptions. And of course, remember, I'm talking about, uh, on the Mac side, I'm talking about the very latest version as of the moment of, of Office, Office 2011, if you had the previous version, Office 2008, due to reasons, uh, Microsoft removed Visual Basic from that version of Office before that it had it, and after that it had, but that one, that one version, 2008, did not have Visual Basic, so that you're completely stuck there unless you want to use AppleScript. But uh, yeah, for the most part, you can transport your macros and, and the documents containing them between platforms. But a warning here, if you're using Office for the iPad, macros don't exist. That is true. Okay. Now, the other application that we know about that has extensive macro capability is Nicest Writer Pro. Yeah. Right, which you have had a personal connection with. But let's get to the main point of it here. Are those macros compatible with Office or are they separate? They live into their own world. Oh, no, they aren't compatible with anything. They are, they are absolutely proprietary. You know, you learn how to write nice writer macros. You can do some incredibly useful, powerful things in Nicest Writer. That knowledge will not help you one bit in any other app. So you have to set your expectations correctly. Um, if you're concerned about having, you know, broader portability, you might try something like AppleScript, which at least would have some minor shot at working in, in other uh, Mac apps with a little bit of um, modification, but it won't help you one bit on Windows. 
So other than office, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, but I mean, for me, this is not a concern at all. I don't use office on Windows. My main writing tool all day, every day is Nicest Writer. So I am concerned that my main writing tool is as productive and efficient as possible. I would much, much rather write Nicest Writer macro. Of course, I have written many of them than fiddle with Visual Basic because it's just so much easier and so much more useful. And so don't make decisions based on hypotheticals. Well, what if one day I were using this other... Well, you know, make decisions based on what tools you actually use or want to use. Okay. And this can take a few minutes. We may not be able to cover more than the basics today. Email rules. You have rules Mm -hmm. in Apple Mail. You have rules in Office. But wouldn't it be better to be able to, if possible, do those rules on your email server if they exist there. This way, it doesn't just apply to one app. Exactly. And, and, I, and I make exactly that point in the book. You, if your email server uh, has the capability of, of running rules or filters, which of course is true of Gmail, it is true of iCloud, it's true of a lot of servers, not all of them, then the advantage you get is that your mail is pre-filtered, pre-sorted before it ever gets to your Mac. And before it ever gets to your iPhone or iPad, because of course, those don't currently have any any rules capabilities. So absolutely, if, if you can do something on a server, that's great. Um, now, rules running in mail or Outlook or whatever on your Mac can do some things that server-based rules can't do. For example, maybe I want to move a message from my iCloud account to my Fastmail account or Gmail or whatever. Or between between two accounts. Well, a, a server a server based role couldn't do that. Maybe I want a rule to run an Apple script when when it finds some matching condition. A server based role couldn't do that. So what I say is start start on the server, yes. And when you get to a, a type of activity that can't be done on the server, then use rules built into your email client. And the issue there, of course, is the fact that a lot of the email systems you get with your ISP, turning back to your ISP, they're pretty bare bones. They don't give oh, you yeah. the ability to use IMAP mail, although Cox does now. I'm surprised to learn that. Honestly, I would never use an ISP's email system ever, and I would never recommend that anybody else does. Have an independent email provider. It, it can be Gmail. It can be one of these paid services. You know, I use EasyMail from EasyDNS. It can be fast mail. There, there are tons of them out there. It doesn't matter. But just have an independent email provider because that way you're not stuck with your ISP. If a new provider comes into town and all of a sudden starts offering better, faster service at a lower cost and you want to switch ISPs, but your email is all through your ISP, that's going to be a big pain for you. So, and, and, and on the whole, there are some exceptions, but on the whole, ISPs, email accounts uh, are just not as, as powerful or as flexible as what you can get elsewhere. So that's, that's my recommendation. I know some people will use Gmail, some will use Outlook.com, some will use Yahoo, some will use iCloud, or maybe if you have a business domain, you could use your web server, which usually offers very poor spam filtering, or subscribe to one of those email systems like Rackspace Email or Polaris Mail, or Fuse Mail, or one of those? Yeah, there are many options. They all have their pros and cons, but basically my least favorite option is your ISP's uh, email. Right. I mean, they 
The other thing, of course, is remember, if you switch ISPs, you move, and the ISP isn't available there. Or the other ISP, if there is one, says, we can cut you a better deal. Right. What do you do about the email? Right. Exactly. We've covered that pretty basically here. In the end, getting back to automating your Mac, is Apple still supporting these features as much as they used to? There's always the implication they're getting so consumer-oriented it's not happening. Surprisingly enough, yes. I, I read the news. I haven't tried this out myself, but I did read online that in the, the, the beta version of Yosemite, uh, you can now write system-wide scripts, not only in Apple script, but also in JavaScript, which is extraordinary, which, which basically means if you know, if you already know JavaScript, which is obviously the, the scripting language of the web, then you can take all that knowledge you already have of that language and automate stuff on your Mac without having to learn some new language from, from scratch. And I might add a, a very weird <laughs> new language. So, um, that's just one example, but, uh, all the signs are that Apple is actually stepping it up when it comes to automation support, and I'm I'm thrilled about this. I was kind of worried for a while that that automation support was on the decline, but it looks like quite the opposite is true. And and now with the introduction of Swift, I mean that's not available for end users as a as a scripting language yet, but who knows? Maybe in the future it will be. So and that's that's again a much more sane. Uh, programming language than uh, than Apple Script, I think. So um, I, I think there's a bright future. Joe Kissel, tell our listeners where they can find more about your stuff. Well, if you go to takecontrolbooks.com, uh, you'll find Take Control of Automating Your Mac and uh, many other titles uh, written by me and, and our other Take Control authors. This book is 15 bucks, and it includes more than $60 worth of coupons for discounts on a lot of the apps we talked about, including you know, keyboard maestro, also like a text expander and launch bar and nice threader pro and a bunch of others. So uh, we think it's a really good deal. Joe Kissel, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Pleasure to be here as always. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While well, my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. 
For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products, most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining us. Lots of developments in different areas. Of course, the first part of the show, we did talk about choosing the right broadband provider. We talked about automating your stuff in Apple Macs, and now we're going to focus on Amazon. And just this past week, Jeff Bezos introduces the Fire Phone. So the question I have, Avram Pilch, is will this catch fire or will it just burn up because it's not going to go too far? It will burn the customers. Uh, um, if you like the idea of having a shopping mall in your pocket, then by all means, the Fire Phone might be for you if you're an Am- if you really like shopping on Amazon so much you want your whole phone experience to be focused around that. The Fire Phone, much like the Kindle Fire, is really an operating system. It runs its own Fire operating system that's designed to just really push Amazon products and services. Now, you could certainly argue that Apple's iOS pushes 
iTunes and, and their app store. And you could certainly argue that Google pushes Google Play apps and Google Play stuff. But Amazon, really, a lot of the navigation and functionality revolves around trying to get you to immediately buy products from Amazon. And it just, from what I've seen, doesn't look like a very balanced, robust operating system experience. It was fine on the Kindle Fire because a lot of people use their Kindles for media consumption, but it's not so great on your phone, which is supposed to be kind of your personal companion 24-7 and your source of productivity and communications. In fairness, Amazon has apps for iOS and Android. So I take out my iPhone if I want to check out something at Amazon and I can place my order there. Why do I need an entire phone, an entire ecosystem to do what I could do with a simple app? Exactly. Now, one thing that's a bit puzzling about Amazon's strategy is that there are a couple of things that may remain exclusive to the phone. They haven't said yet whether or not you're going to be able to use Firefly uh, which is one of the really interesting features of the Fire Phone on other devices. It would make business sense for them to do so, but uh, they don't always make sense. Firefly is the app that is allows you to do object recognition. You can take a picture of anything, and there's a good chance that Firefly will recognize it, give you information about it, and if it's a product give you the uh, immediate ability to buy it on Amazon so you can see uh, why this would benefit the company. Uh, But it's pretty neat use of augmented reality. It's not the only app in the world that does that sort of thing. Google Goggles does it. Wikitude does it. There's a bunch of apps that do it, but it looks like it's going to be the most robust object recognition app available. So that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, And it would certainly benefit Amazon to make that app available for download for anybody because why not have me use that and buy stuff from you on my other phone on my my phone that's not from you in fact why you know why not encourage people to just download all these apps from you but it's very strange sometimes amazon does things that are designed to try and get you to buy its product even though the products are supposed to be kind of a loss leader. In the case of the Kindle Fires, for example, amongst Android-based mobile devices, tablets and phones, only the Kindle Fire can view Amazon Instant Video. Why can I not view Amazon Instant Video on my, on my other Android devices? Why should Amazon restrict that? It makes no business sense. Particularly when Amazon has made the decision to make Amazon Instant Video playable on iPhone and iPad, it's baffling, especially because Amazon takes a loss, or we think, we don't know the exact economics, but we think Amazon takes a loss on the Kindle Fire tablets. Uh, So wouldn't the best situation in the world for Amazon be that nobody buys their products, but nobody buys their, their devices, but everybody buys their 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 services and uses Amazon to buy other people's products. I mean, if they're taking a loss and the reason that they're doing it is to get you to, to buy more stuff from them, what if you just bought more stuff from them? I don't know. It, it makes it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So who knows whether all of the goodness that you get 
will be made available to people who want to download it for other platforms. Certainly that whole uh, immersive 3D mode, which is a really boring gimmick where it has the Fire Phone has those front facing cameras that point at your face and then uses the face tracking to kind of move the image on the screen to make it look a little bit 3D. Uh, okay, so not every other product is going to have that kind of face tracking because it's not going to have the four cameras. But, uh, you know, who cares? That's a gimmick, and that's a gimmick. Gesture control and facial control are things that were kind of gimmicky for Samsung, and Samsung disabled them by default on the new the new generation of its phones. So, you know, I think I, I think Amazon is delivering kind of a really mainstream blah probably android experience that feels like kind of like the whole thing is a shopping mall and throwing in a you know some some special effects but i mean because amazon is behind it it probably has some legs and amazon is probably going to continue to iterate and change the os and change and come out with another version of the phone next year even if it's not super successful but uh, at 199 on contract, which is the same price as high-end phones like the Galaxy S5 that have better specs and more neutral uh, operating system that provides you know better experience, it's hard to to see why somebody would buy this phone. Well, it looks like Amazon is engaging in baby steps here. It's available at a normal price and not selling at a cost. It's only available from AT and T. So it sounds like they are testing the waters to see if there's demand for this device before they really promote the heck out of it. I mean, I think a lot of people expected, and myself included, that Amazon would do something like they did with the Kindle Fires, where they they got where they got into a price war and made something just really cheap to attract, uh, you know, to attract people to to buy the phone so that they could you know, get all the benefits of the ecosystem because I think they've explained the math on this and like people who buy Kindle Fire spend some ridiculous amount of money buying media files from Amazon that they might not otherwise have spent. So you would think that Amazon would use, would take that kind of a loss to promote this phone, but it's actually quite quite a conservative launch they haven't really pushed the envelope. Their specs are quite mediocre. It reminds me a bit of the Facebook phone, the HTC First, that uh, came in last from the moment that it arrived. Um, people realized that they didn't want a phone that was just about Facebook, and I don't. And I think people are going to realize that while I, the Kindle Fires are neat for media consumption, that people aren't going to want a phone that's just about Amazon. So basically, Amazon is trying to answer a question nobody is asking. Yeah, there's also no such I learned this week that there's no such thing as a Amazon fanboy. You know, there are Apple fanboys or Google fanboys or people who really are excited about those um platforms. Uh, there are Microsoft p- people, uh but there's people who like to shop at Amazon, but there's no such thing as an Amazon fanboy. Well, I shop at Amazon. Sometimes I get good prices there. And Yeah, I mean, we compare, you know what my wife and I do. We try to order something locally. If it's not available, she goes to Amazon. If Amazon doesn't have it, she checks eBay. So one or the other will find what we want. 
but it's not a matter of being loyal to any particular dealer. It is being loyal to getting a cheap price on something. <laughs> hey, let me do this break now. And we'll continue. Avram Pilch joins us. He's from Laptop Magazine at LaptopMag.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. UnseenNow.com, proud sponsor of GCN. Unseen Now's unparalleled encryption tools keep your communications secure. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 moms of america stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids i pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again i pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now, I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. 
A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months, simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. On the Tech Night Out Live, you may hear the dogs in the background. This studio is located in a neighborhood with very loud dogs. They penetrate walls and ceilings and everything. So when they get into an argument, we have to put up with them. We have Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine. We're talking about the Amazon Fire Phone. And say that five times fast. Amazon Fire Phone. And see if you don't step up on it. Now, I'm just you know wondering here whether this is anything that anybody cares about. I understand that... The Kindle ebook readers have their adherence because basically they do things and they allow you to enjoy content without worrying about constantly shopping at Amazon. Here, unless there is a third party app ecosystem, this is going to be a waste of a product. I guess it makes and receives phone calls. Well, there is a third party app ecosystem. So, to be fair, it's based on. Even though they call it Fire OS, it is based on Android, which means that any Android app can run on it. Now, it's not going to have the Google Play Store, but Amazon has its own app store filled with a couple hundred thousand Android apps, and you will be able to to download it. So the, the ecosystem already exists. What I find suboptimal about it, and I haven't gotten to play with one yet, but we've uh, had someone out at the event, getting hands-on with it and we have video and i've i've taken a pretty close look at you know what the ui looks like is that it just has it doesn't have the kind of information dense feel that i like and i think a lot of people like when they're trying to be productive in an operating system in, in their phone operating system you know yeah it has a notification drawer it has an app drawer where you can find apps but like the home screen has this carousel view where you're supposed to kind of swipe through the apps which is not very information dense i think you know there's just a lot of emphasis on the media on it on making it big and like cell worthy like big icons and the kindle fire is that way too but i think it's more tolerable to a lot of people in the kindle fire because they kind of understand look this is an entertainment device nobody picks up a kindle fire and says i'm bringing this with me to work or school to do some work i mean you can get email on it but i don't think anybody anybody takes it seriously as a communication and 
productivity device. Now, productivity device sounds very, oh, wow, it's just some, for business people. But I mean, you know, if you're trying to type out emails, if you're doing research for school, if you're sitting there surfing the web, these devices are not, are not the best at it. In fact, here's something that, that really will probably put a halt in a lot of people. Uh, despite the fact that the, that the Fire Phone is based on Android and Fire OS, as they call it, is based on Android, it will not have any of the Google apps available. So what does that mean? No Google Maps, no Chrome browser. You have to use Amazon's browser. No Google, uh, no Google Plus, if, if you care. <laughs> no Google Hangouts. Uh, no Google Play Store, which has a much bigger selection than, than Amazon. No Gmail app. You'll be able to find a way to check email, Gmail through their email app, but no Gmail app. Uh, I could go on and on. Any, any Google-branded app that you're used to using under iOS or regular Android, you will not be able to use on the Fire Phone. Okay, so you're projecting that this is going to have a tepid response from customers. I, I think so, but I don't think they're going to discontinue it. I think they're going to forge ahead because Amazon sees the business value in being on your phone. Yeah, I can totally understand Amazon's point of view here. Uh, it's just I, I, try to th- I try to think about the consumer and how this isn't really a win for them. Okay, from buried Android to overt Android, Google's conference is called Google I.O., Tell us about it. So uh, my colleague, Dan Howley, uh, got to attend this year because uh, I because uh, they they were really strict this year and only let one person per outlet go. Um, and uh, it was a really uh, the keynote was huge. It was a was a big deal. Two and a half hours. And for once, the first time in many years, it looked like. Google actually cares about Android again. Uh, in the last couple of years, it seemed like the company didn't really like Android anymore. They were trying to push Chromebooks on everyone, which they still are. But, you know, last Google I.O., I was there, and they didn't even mention Android uh, pretty much during the keynote. There was no announcements related to Android barely mentioned it then you know it's a developer conference and they have all of these sessions they had like maybe two out of two sessions about android and a million about chrome os it seemed like they were despite the obvious popularity of android google didn't like it and you know google has its reasons uh, chrome is a more uh, unalterably google experience whereas android and you can use it and avoid Google services. Samsung, for example, puts Google, all the Google apps on its phones, but then it puts competing Samsung apps, like the Samsung App Store and the Samsung browser, which are not as good. This year, Google, first of all, announced Android L, which they haven't given a version number two, but it's probably Android 5, 5.0. That's a, a big leap from the current Android 4.4. That's called KitKat. Now, I am having a lot of fun being a New Yorker using the word L, Android L, and I think of the elevated trains in New York. So they might have different versions of it, Android L, BMT. (laughs) Anyone who 
ever visited New York for a period of time or grew up there knows what I'm talking about. Otherwise, they don't. Okay, Android L. Why L? Because the previous version was K? Correct. So this is interesting. I think that Google is still looking for a branding partner and that when it finally comes out, because one thing that I need to say up front is that even though they announced Android L, they said that it's in preview and it's not really coming till the fall. That said, the SDK is out, so people who want to download the SDK can try it in a window on their computers, although that isn't a very great experience. And use people who have a Nexus 5 or Nexus 7 um, Android device can actually download the preview and install it on their phones today. But it's not really coming until the fall. And by that point, I think that they will find a sponsor and it'll be named after some kind of candy because uh, KitKat was a branded exercise between um, KitKat and the actual KitKat makers and Google. Apparently, no money changed hands, but on the other hand, it was a branding opportunity. Maybe now Google's looking actually for money, for naming rights. I mean, I don't know that. I'm just guessing here. Um, but every previous version of Android has been named after some kind of dessert or confectionery. Uh, you know, the going all the way back to, I wish I could, could remember like A, B, and C, but like Donut, Eclair, um, you know. Don't worry Jelly about Bean. it. My brain is hurting. But they're all named things. So L is probably going to be, you know, Lemonade or, or something more branded when it comes out you'll have minute made lemonade so minute made will buy ads at google or something you know you sure no money changes hands when they do this thing they Doesn't- claimed not but i would think that somebody in the google hierarchy is probably like hey we could get some money for this next time uh all right well let's look at the operating system forget about the name you know what's in a name let's look at the operating system we see of course this year that apple's ios 8 has a huge number of changes huge number of improvements and new features now google apparently has a brand new look for l okay so we can start talking about it on this segment then go into the next segment and continue so there's a new look there and it looks like everything is floating so what do we call it water or what they're calling it material because it's supposed to look i don't know flatter or more realistic or you know it looks different and it's a good thing that it looks different because they've been pushing the same they've had haven't changed the ui on android since 2011 so it's been nearly three years. It'll be three years in the fall since they released Ice Cream Sandwich I. And and that was the version that, you know, took on the current look and feel. And they barely tweaked it, like changing a color here and a color there in the last let's, three years. Let's do our break here and we'll continue. We have Avram Pilch joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more, more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. So we're looking at material. We had Metro. And one time Apple had Aqua, you know, years ago when they started OS X. Now we have Material. So I thought when they said Material, oh, Madonna has something to do with it. <laughs> I thought that maybe there was, that was the name of, I have no idea. I mean, it's just really weird. Like we have Materials in here. Is that a kind of code? No, that's what they're calling it. I mean, who knows? They're running out of names for these things. You see, when Apple chose Yosemite for OS ten ten. I thought, Yosemite Sam. Uh, what about Mavericks? Well, I don't know. I'm not into sports that much. I mean, uh, at the office, people were, were saying it reminded them of Top Gun. Yeah. So the look is going to be different. There's going to be some floating elements. It seems that there's going to be floating notifications, which is kind of neat. So now when you get a call on Android, you see a ringing icon in your a notification bar at the top of the screen and then you maybe if it's called it actually takes over and you've got to swipe it away here there's another state where you can actually have a little banner that just kind of floats over your work uh, so that's kind of neat of course it's up to app developers to develop their apps to take advantage of this now that's uh, not- the problem because right now KitKat's adoption rate the last i heard is like 13 and a half percent is that correct something like that 13 right. 15 okay 
So we have this new operating system, and I kind of wonder about the system requirements because they're adding, and we'll get into it later, this new graphics layer for higher-speed graphics for games. We've got all the floating stuff going on, which requires a lot of graphics horsepower. So maybe a Samsung Galaxy of recent vintage can handle it. Maybe a high-end LG or whatever. But what about the older phones? For better or worse, people need to calibrate their expectations when it comes to operating system updates for your phone. Unfortunately, the way that the Android ecosystem works, and by the way, this is the same way the Windows phone ecosystem works, only Apple does this the right way, is that you are at the mercy of the the phone manufacturer and the carrier for any updates. It's not free for them. They have to do a little work because they have to modify the Android version of Android to have all of their stuff on it, whether it's their crapware or their Android skin or whatever. And then they have to roll it out over the over the air update or whatever. So you're lucky if you have a phone that you bought today and it gets updated six months from now. If you have an older phone, don't count on getting updated to Android L. But by older, I mean, you know, two years old. If you have a phone from, you know, 2014 or 2013, there's a good chance if it's a mainstream brand like Samsung or HTC that you will see it, but that you will see an upgrade eventually, but probably not for a very long time after it comes out. That's just kind of the sad nature of of Android. Now, on the positive side, during the IO press conference, the head of Android, what's his name, Sundar, I think, said uh, that the Google Play Services app, basically Google Play, gets updated every five or six weeks, and that includes all kinds of security patches. So even if your Android itself never gets updated, the app that that patches security holes and things like that gets updated automatically. It certainly begs the question of why can't Google stand up for the users a little bit more and and take on the carriers? Now, maybe the answer is that they will, because I think uh, one of the things that they were talking about was Android Silver, which is that this program where they're going to have sort of Google experience devices that have a pure Android on them and supposedly will get updated more quickly than, say, the Samsung ones that have Samsung... Um, TouchWiz UI on them. So hopefully we'll start to see more rapid updates. But yes, the prospect of new of people having this new software right away is not too great. On the other hand, you kind of these days have to expect that people are going to turn over their phone every two years. So there's going to be a certain number of people turning over to get this. All right. Let's look more into what's going on with Android L. In addition to the updated user interface. And I guess we'll know more about it when people have it. Will it make people dizzy? That's what I worry about with what they had with Apple, with the parallax view and the 3D thing that Amazon is pulling with a Fire yeah, that, Phone. That so, looks like the dizziest yet. Right. So most the, floating, the floating effects of Android L, does that cause a potential problem? Nothing I saw seemed, seemed to, to be that way. It just seemed like yet another way of layering. For the last couple of years, everybody's been trying to turn Android into almost a desktop operating system by adding more and more multitasking features. Now, unfortunately, Google is actually behind in this race because Samsung and LG 
have done a better job of bringing multitasking to Android than Google has. On Samsung devices, you can have uh, floating windows of a sort, and you can have a split screen view. I mean, you can multitask more easily on on Android than you can on Windows 8. Windows 8.1 is kind of caught up and has some parity. But when you look at Google, they still haven't added floating windows and things like that. They have added these floating notifications and the ability to kind of have pieces float. Now, we've seen this before. If you used the HTC First with the Facebook UI on it, or if you just download the Facebook Launcher, which anyone could download, they had this feature called Chat Heads. You're chatting with someone on Facebook and their little head appears floating above your app. So it's not an uncommon or it's not an unprecedented feature to to have a floating piece of UI there. Uh, In fact, I'm not sure why Google even has to build it into the OS. I guess it makes it easier for developers than trying to wing it, you know, with some kind of workaround like Facebook probably had to do. But this is really no surprise one of the things that I like about Android is how it feels a lot more like a desktop operating system than uh, iOS does or Windows Phone does because there are all these things in your face. It's easy to multitask and get lots of information on the screen at once. And uh, this kind of continues that tradition. So will it make people dizzy or nauseous? I don't think so. I guess everything depends on how what type of graphics people use. Okay, so there are updates to the notification manager. I gather it allows you also to respond to a notification. Yes, yeah, so this you is can something res- that Apple's doing. They've already done it with Mavericks, and it's something Apple's doing with iOS 8. So you can respond to these floating notifications without necessarily leaving where you where you are, you know, the app that you're in. That's actually also not really that new considering that you can already take that type of action from the notification drawer for a lot of apps, and you've been able to do that since uh, Android 4.1, so the last three versions or so. Developers have been able to build things into the notifications that they give. So, for example, Gmail, when it gives you a notification, there's a little reply button in the notification. You can hit that button. Now, it's not going to let you write the reply in the notification drawer. It's going to transport you to Gmail at that moment, but it's going to open a reply mail for you. So it's saving you a step. There's already been a lot of um, a lot of a lot of ability to take action from the notification drawer. Having that with the floating notifications is just kind of an extension of that. Uh, also, having notifications appear on the lock screen is just an extension of that as well. So uh, it's really more evolutionary than revolutionary. Okay, we're going to break in about a minute, but you have another feature here called user authentication. That kind of concerns me here is that if you're already wearing an Android watch, an Android Wear watch, and you bring your smartphone in proximity to it, you don't have to tap the pin or the or do anything to unlock it. It can basically be automatically authenticated by the presence of this other device. Hmm. Well, I have to ask more about that, and I'm trying to understand it, but we have to do a break. We have to understand these messages. Our guest is Avram Pilch. He's from Laptop Magazine at laptop.com, and we're talking about Google I.O. We'll get into more of the developments, like another attempt at their TV platform, but right now we're focusing on the Android L operating system, 
And I'm kind of focusing on that article you ran on your site about the seven top features. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years, hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. 
Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hoodia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Abram Pilch of Laptop Magazine joining us. We're talking about the new features in Android L, which is coming sometime later this year. So what is this user authentication thing? How does that work? Am I correct about that? Because that's what the article says. I think that's true. I have to try it out. I mean, I guess it's kind of assuming that if you have the watch, you can use the phone. On the other hand, better hope nobody mugs you and takes, and takes the watch. And, of course, you live in New York City which is the land of mugging, right? You know, it's been pretty safe as I've been living here, uh, tap on glass screen, but it's, it's been pretty, it's been pretty good, but yeah, you know, cell phone theft is a big deal. In fact, uh, I believe that they're actually, they've actually built in a way to easily wipe the phone, you know, although there already was a way to easily remote wipe the phone, uh, because it, Android already has a safety app for that, but you know, there's been all that talk about having a kill switch. And so Google is supporting, um, is supporting that, but, uh, yeah, don't, um, you know, don't let, don't get mugged, but, uh, or don't enable that feature. I mean, that's pretty easy to say, you know, honestly, most people don't put a hefty amount of security on, onto their phones, because it's such a pain to unlock your phone. Most people put a very simple pattern that they have to draw. That's not exactly rocket science for somebody to to break how many combinations they have to try to break it. So, you know, honestly, uh, security for getting for unlocking your phone is kind of lax unless you want it to be more serious by putting a, a serious password on there using fingerprint reader like the Samsung phones have. But at the same time, the average person takes their phone out of their pocket 125 times a day. How much work do you want to have to do to unlock it 125 times? You know, I have to ask you, though, on the Samsung Galaxy S5, what success have you had in making the fingerprint sensor work? And the reason I mention that is it looks like Walt Mossberg at Recode and the reviewer over the New York Times had all sorts of problems. You know, I tried it. It wasn't too bad. And uh, just uh, just recently, I reviewed the Galaxy Tab S 8.4, which is a tablet from Samsung that has the same feature. Set that up. Uh, setting it up was pretty easy. The thing that was annoying is you have to be kind of deliberate in your swipe. So when I want to unlock my Android device, whether it's a tablet or a phone, I don't want to spend too much time on it. If I have to, to draw a pattern or something, let it mercifully take me half a second or something. 
Uh, with these, it's not that it's slow. It's just that you can't swipe with the side of your finger. You can't. You have to make sure that you, you know, reasonably place the ball or, or sort of fat part of your finger that you scan in the right place and swipe down uh, without very deliberately and not with too much haste. If you do it from the right angle, it should recognize it the first time, no problem. The problem is you're in a hurry, whatever, and you go to you go to open it and oh you accidentally swipe with the side of your finger or with your nail mostly touching it well then it's not going to register you have to swipe again i mean that's a common problem with fingerprint readers in general but on people's laptops they're not opening and closing the laptop a million times a day maybe a few times uh, so i think the speed at which we expect our devices to unlock. I mean, for a long time, I didn't even have a lock on my phone, uh, but I have an app now that actually requires it. You know, it's a pain unlocking your device. Uh, It ought to be as quick as possible because look how often you're whipping whipping it out. I, I think the best thing with your phone is try and keep physical control of it. And if you lose it, immediately run over somewhere and remote wipe it. Important, important. Now, of course, with the iPhone, with their Touch ID... They've had some glitches, but the latest software, it's pretty consistent, but I go back and forth with the with the pin and the touch ID, but that's it. All right, let's go into some more stuff that's being done here with Android L coming sometime this fall. What is app indexing? Hmm. I think that that's referring to the fact that search now pulls up results from apps and that you can actually have search results launch an app. So there's a blurred distinction between web results and results of content that come from apps and results that would just be apps or lead you to apps. This is a very common trend that we're seeing now is a blurring of the line in search between apps that are local to your system and content that's on the web. As a user, perhaps you shouldn't care whether that information that you just searched for is living in the Wikipedia app or in Wikipedia on the web. If you have the app and it's giving you a better experience, maybe you want your search to find, to launch that. So there's a good reason that this is happening. Firefox OS, which is a really nascent operating system, does this. Windows 8.1 searches through many aspects of your computer at once, including the web and apps and your file system. So I think there's a lot of desire for a universal search, and this is part of it. Uh, One thing that's kind of interesting is the new task switching menu in Android L, in my opinion, is actually a downgrade from the current one, but it does one thing that's interesting, which is that it it actually shows tabs in Chrome as different as if they were different apps. So today uh, on Android, if you go to the task switcher, which is that that button that shows you thumbnails for all of your open apps so you can easily switch tasks, your browser is just one thumbnail, no matter how many tabs you have open. You get 20 tabs open, it's one thumbnail, and then you have to go into the browser and find your tab if you if it's not the current tab. On Android L, if you've got three tabs open in your browser, each tab will appear separately on the task list, which is nice. What's not nice about the task menu is that it's now looks like a kind of a deck of cards and you have to flip through it. So there's more swiping than the current uh, system where you can see three, you know, you scroll through a list of thumbnails. 
that show you what's in the app and then show you the name of the app. So you can see more data on the screen at once, more of your open apps, uh, so it's easier to switch apps without scrolling. So they're making you swipe more. And anytime you make someone take more actions, whether it's scroll more, swipe more, click more, that's a downgrade in my book. All right, let's look at some more of the improvements of Android L. All right, so they support 64-bit computing, so that tells us there will be Android smartphones with 64-bit chips this fall. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, we, we know that the major vendors are coming out with them. We even know that there are some, some that are already out. Uh, <laughs> I, believe, I believe Intel's chips already support 64-bit, or the ones that they're, they're coming are supporting 64-bit. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not a surprise that 64-bit was coming to Android. It's, it's kind of overdue. Uh, the, uh, the other thing that's, that's interesting that's going to provide a speed improvement is ART. ART. Now, uh, if you're a regular user, this might not mean anything to you. So forgive a little bit of tech jargon, but you might hear this around. Uh, so uh, on, underneath the program, underneath Android, all the programs run in Java. And okay. Use- Let's do the break here and then we'll explain what art is all about. And it's not somebody named Art. Okay. Abram Pilch is joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com At 30dayfoodsupply.com, you can now purchase a -a one-of-a-kind product not available anywhere else. A meatless burger dry mix in four delicious flavors. With our new Oregon Trail Foods vegan burgers, all you do is add water and fry. They need no refrigeration. They're packaged in Mylar bags with an oxygen absorber for a long shelf life. They're non-GMO. They're gluten, soy, nut, and chemical-free, but they're loaded with flavor. And a good source of carbs and protein, yet low in sodium. Flavors include Italian, spicy Mexican, six vegetable and black bean olive go to 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 541-229-0010 and order today eat them every day take them camping or save them for an emergency check them out at 30dayfoodsupply.com and click on the vegan burger icon that's 30dayfoodsupply.com where all of our products are produced in oregon by oregon trail foods 30dayfoodsupply.com If you need to say happy birthday, happy anniversary, thank you, or simply I'm thinking of you, ProFlowers.com is the key. ProFlowers has stunning bouquets, like the best-selling 100 blooms for $19.99. 
Plus. Pro flowers will include a glass vase for free. Sending someone a wonderful surprise of beautiful flowers sent fresh from the field is easy. Choose the bouquet you like, pick the delivery date, and each order is 100% guaranteed. Plus, all bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last at least seven full days. Beautiful, fragrant flowers, picked fresh and sent to your loved one for lasting enjoyment. To get this incredible savings and send someone 100 gorgeous blooms with a free vase for $19.99, go to proflowers.com, click the blue microphone in the top right corner, and enter code PLOW. That's proflowers.com. Click the mic and enter code PLOW. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So, with Android L, Avram Pilch, who or what is art? Art? So, art is the new uh, runtime library the new method of running the apps. Uh, what happens today is in, in Android is they use something called Davlik. And Davlik does a lot, uh, makes your system do a lot of work to sort of do some of the compiling and some of the decompressing of the code at the time you open an app. This so is that, equivalent to running a Java app on your Mac or PC in a sense. Then. Right. So Art is going to make the code basically more ready to go uh, before you start it so that your processor will have to do less work. This means probably, hopefully, faster app open times, but also faster, just generally faster speeds because the processor is doing less work to run the same software. So what you need to remember about Art is it's going to make the software faster. Now, I believe developers are going to have to actually compile for art. They're going to have to actually do it. It's not going to work automatically on all your apps, but it should uh, it should boost the performance in, in a nice way, and everyone knows Android could use a performance boost. This way you don't have to basically boost it with a sledgehammer. Of course, there's also this new graphics feature, and I think of, of course, Metal with iOS 8, and they have something called the Android Extension Pack. We, we've seen this for years with on Windows, things like DirectX, uh, you know, common ways for uh, hardware vendors and software vendors to 
uh, to create more special effects and have them rendered in the hardware and just do better, more immersive uh, gra- gaming and graphical experiences. To be honest with you, uh, I've been playing a lot of Android games lately with my son, and the graphics are pretty good already. Uh, and it's a pretty robust environment already, but uh, there's a there's a belief that it's not quite up to, say, PC gaming or console level. This could possibly get it there, particularly when combined with NVIDIA's new Tegra K1 chip, which has something like 128 uh, or more uh, graphics cores. So it's supposed to give you PC-like graphics on your Android device. So, you know, maybe there's maybe there's a hope for Android console gaming after all. Although I think more likely it's that people will be doing console-style gaming on their phones. Well, Apple is promising the same thing, so there you go. Now, I'm wondering, is Android... L, although it has more new features than previous versions of Android, at least recent ones, it doesn't sound like an awful lot. I looked at the list, I see, what, 10, 12 different things, and they seem to be all useful. But I don't see anything that just stares out at you and says, gotta have, gotta have. It really depends on how how well art improves the performance. Everybody knows right now that... There's a ridiculous amount of processing power in, in most Android phones. I mean, you're talking about some of them, four, eight cores, really, really a lot of a lot of processing power. And yet little things like switching apps, like switching apps or, or loading a game or whatever can take a long time, even on a powerful system. So hopefully art and 64 bit really change the game in terms of the responsiveness of Android. And I think that would make it worth it. The other thing that's, that's really big that's going on right now, that's sort of in concert with Android L is uh, the spreading of Android to other, um, other types of devices. So at the same IO conference, Google announced Android TV which is its TV platform based on Android. Okay, this is what I think Freecode calls that the sixth effort of Google to do something with TV. Yeah, I mean, it is. (laughs) No one says it's going to succeed. Samsung hasn't signed up, and that is the biggest TV maker. Uh, But I think the point is that Google is showing a strong commitment to making Android a platform that works across different types of scenarios. So there's TV, which we'll see how that goes this time. I think this time it is a better shot because the closer to regular Android it is, the easier it's going to be to develop and to port apps over. So you have Android now on TVs and set-top boxes. You also have Android in cars where you're, you're going to have a car infotainment system based on, on real Android. And of course, uh, they didn't really talk about it, but Google Glass uses a form of Android. So as you're seeing Android move into more platforms, I think it shows that there's, for developers, there's maybe a unified uh, platform that makes it easy to develop apps for, that, for something like the TV that they wouldn't have put the time into developing for it before. Okay, looking at the Google Auto, is that work like the Apple CarPlay where you basically sync it with your Android smartphone and then the interface shows up on your car's LCD display? 
I think, yes, it is meant to be paired with your phone. So if you don't have an Android phone, you might not want to buy a car that has this in it. It will make it easy to do things like phone calls and maps. It's supposed to take voice, uh, a lot of voice commands and do a lot of reading of voice to you so that you're not distracted. Of course, nobody's talking about the obvious way to not be distracted, which is to just not use it. Um, that would be the best. <laughs> that would way be to, logical. That would be the best way to be not distracted when driving is not to figure out that you shouldn't be glancing at the map on the dashboard too much, or that you sh- or that you should be talking to it instead of looking at it. How about just not doing it? I I don't know, but uh, I guess that's a quaint idea because infotainment systems are are here and they're and they're here to stay. And uh, why not have one that's that is compatible with your phone. Now, I think what's interesting is Apple's doing its thing, Android's doing its thing. Uh, what happens if you have a family where the where one spouse has an Android phone and one has an iPhone? Uh, can they can they drive the same car? I don't know. It would be very interesting here whether car makers will just offer interfaces for both. So this way, you have an Android phone, fine. You pair it if you have. An iPhone, fine, you pair it. If you have one of each in the family, well, work it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to, I don't, I don't think that it's going to happen with car makers because I think that they're going to be looking at exclusive relationships uh, with, uh, you know, exclusive relationships with Google or Apple. So, you know, I don't know who's for who, but I think, I think the two parties would not allow a dual boot car. You know, that would be fun, a dual-boot car. That's kind of fascinating, you know. And then, of course, if Microsoft wants to get into the game, we can have a triple-boot car. Well, you know what, though? The thing is that uh, we've already seen uh, some re- a lot of resistance to dual-boot devices by the vendors. Uh, for example, uh, you know, not to go too far afield, but Asus... Uh, you know, at CES was trying to come out with a device that dual booted between Windows and Android and both Google and Microsoft somehow put the kibosh on it. Uh, and then Asus came back at Computex, which I attended a few weeks ago and came out and found a really novel solution, which is that the Android lives on the, on a phone. You pop the phone into a dock on the back of the tablet, which runs windows. And then you can run Android in a window using, because Android lives on the phone and it's just a remote desktop connection. Uh, but they literally couldn't have both, uh, OSs on the same device because somehow that would violate, I guess, some licensing requirement from one of, from Microsoft or Google or both. I would think so. I would think in the terms of the car, what I'm saying is you press a button and you choose at some point in time which interface to support. We can get into more of this later. We have Avram Pilch of Laptop Magazine for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Think Alive, the network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. 
They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 moms of america stand up and stop taking abuse from your kids i pledge never to let my kid disrespect me ever again i pledge to stop letting my daughter walk all over me I pledge to stop living in fear of my son's anger. I pledge never to feel like a bad parent ever again. Because I'm not. I pledge to stop letting my child's behavior control my home. I pledge to be a mom with kids who listen. A total transformation mom. I'm Janet Lehman, co-creator of the Total Transformation Program. We created the Total Transformation to help parents with difficult child behavior. Now, I'm giving it away free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. We'll let you keep it for free. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. Call now. Call 1-800-256-7795. That's 1-800-256-7795. You have all seen and heard about the elements of the periodic table. These elements are the building blocks of everything in the universe. You, my friends, are made from these elements. A shortage of any of these important trace elements can lead to disease. Go with the science and take the Lady Talk Health Challenge and get all 90 essential trace elements with a healthy start pack at LadyTalkLive.com or call 855-333-LADY. That's 855-333-5239. Research shows it's not just what you put in your body that counts, it's what you put on it as well. Why not use an all-natural, healthy, mineral-based makeup that actually benefits your skin? Once you experience the airiness and flawless coverage of Longevity Mineral Makeup, you will never use anything else. With Longevity, the perception of your complexion will be natural perfection. Animal-friendly mineral makeup at Mary Lou Health. That's M-A-R-I-L-U-Health.com. Or call 855-321-HEALTH. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. 
You never know what's going to happen next. All right, Google I.O., Android L, Google Auto, of course, their TV interface. We'll have to see how that works out. Anything else from Google I.O. that was fascinating or worth discussing? Android Wear. Android Wear. This is, of course, the watch. Yes, the three watches. Well, it's the watch platform. So at Google I.O., they finally kind of took the wraps off of Android Wear, although it was unveiled a few months ago. No devices had shipped with it yet. Now, uh, as of today, you can even buy an Android. You can even buy a Samsung Gear Live, which is an Android Wear watch from Samsung, or uh, the LG G Watch, and I and the Moto 360, which is also Android Wear, is coming later this summer. So there's three watches based on it. It is another sort of form of Android, but I have to tell you my initial impression of it, not very good. Uh, I've run Android Wear in a window using their emulator, so I got a real sense of it a couple months ago. It's basically a notification drawer on your wrist. Now, Google's very proud of this. They're certainly keeping it simple, but it's, it's not, in my mind, a very compelling experience. Uh, what happens is like the pebble watch or the galaxy gear or any of those the watch does notifications it pairs uh with your phone via bluetooth and when you get a notification uh the notification appears on the watch and the watch is color it the notifications look pretty but they don't really provide you with much more information, if any more information, than you get when you see a little notification bar in in the notification drawer on the phone. So it's just giving you a little tiny piece of information. Uh, then for some app apps with a notification, you can you can swipe over to the right and take some kind of action, like initiate a phone call or whatever. However, the action itself pretty much has to take place on the phone the only thing you can do on the watch is that you can you can use google voice you can you can talk to the watch and you can have it conduct a web search or you can sort of dictate an sms message uh that way all the processing is probably really taking place in the phone but the watch is is there for you but you can't make calls on the watch the watch has a microphone, but we don't think it has an actual speaker. There's definitely no app for making calls or using the watch as a speaker uh, phone to make calls. So no making calls from it, no cameras, so no taking pictures. And as of now, maybe this will change in the future, no native apps on the watch. The watch itself doesn't have any apps on it. Uh, what happens is apps that you've installed on your phone may have um, some code in them that says, make my notification look a little different uh, if this person is viewing it on their Android Wear watch. So basically, Uh, this is a second screen for your smartphone. Yes. Now, a lot of smartphones are really a second screen for your smartphone. The theory behind it is, look, we know your smartphone is really where you're going what you're going to turn to to write that email probably not a lot of people going to want to type the email 
uh, on their wrist. Although I did see one smartwatch once that had a keyboard on it. Uh, it wasn't an Android one. It was a Micronos, a really strange brand. Anyway, but generally, no, you're not expected to type on your watch. The You're expected to kind of use it as an intermediary to decide when you want to reach for your phone. So Google has said, and this I, I truly believe, the average person reaches for their phone to unlock it 125 times a day. I've actually heard sometimes 200 times a day. If it's me, it's probably 300 times a day. Anyway, And that's only before lunch? Only before lunch, exactly. Okay, sure. So if you could save the person uh, a few that few seconds of going to unlock the phone and looking at it because oh, okay, I see this is an incoming phone call. It's a junk call. I'm going to swipe dismiss on my wrist. That has value. If you can look at your wrist when a notification comes in and say, hey, you know, this is, this is a, a spam mail. I don't need to go open the phone to read it. Oh, wait, this is important mail for my boss. Okay, let me reach for the phone. So this allows you to, to more quickly decide, do I need to reach for my phone, unlock it, go through all of that or not? Uh, so in that respect, it can be a big time saver. It's just not very exciting because all the action happens on your phone and the watch doesn't really do much. Beyond that, other watches that I've seen seem to do notifications better. On Android Wear, you, you swipe up and down and you just go through different apps of notifications. There's not like a good menu structure for you to go through and say, show me my emails, my la- you know my last 20 emails like you can on, say, the Pebble Watch. At least the Pebble Watch looks like a nice, decent watch. I'm looking at the Pebble Steel right now, and they've got the one in brushed stainless steel. And that looks nice. It's pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say Android Wear is not pretty, especially the mo- I mean, the, the two watches that have come out, the, the Samsung and the LG don't look particularly attractive, too attractive. But the Moto 360, which is circular, and it's coming later this summer, that looks pretty nice. But looks or not looks, I'd rather have a more formal menu structure I can go through to see, okay, let me just browse through my inbox on my wrist. With this, it's sort of more sort of stream of consciousness. Okay, swipe through the last five notifications you've had in any type of app and in sort of a chronological order. So it's you have to do a lot more swiping to find what you're looking for. And I just I don't think that's what people want. If the idea is to save you time, it should be a lot easier to to get to what you need to to get to your backlog of information on your wrist uh, rather than having to do so much swiping. And there's just, you know, I think Samsung has the right idea with its gear watch. Unfortunately, the execution is lacking, but, you know, it takes apps and it tries to do special things like doing translation, you know, doing photo and image recognition. I mean, we're not saying that your watch takes the place of your phone, but it's nice when the watch can can do a little bit more than just be like a, a magnifying glass that blows up your notification drawer for you on your wrist. Okay, we have only about a minute left. So if I'm looking for a smartwatch today, ahead of whatever Apple's going to do with the rumored iWatch, do I buy a Pebble Steel? That's a really good choice right now, the Pebble Steel, I have to say. There's also the regular Pebble, which actually is exactly the same, it's just not as pretty looking. The regular Pebble looks a little bit more like, uh, you know, a little bit less, quite a bit less attractive, but it's a lot cheaper. I believe the regular Pebble is 150 or so, whereas the Steel is like 250 and so you're paying 100 bucks for, you know, for premium design. 
Uh, yeah, I think the Pebble, uh, the Pebble regular or Pebble Steel are probably the most practical choices out there. There are a thousand apps for it. Uh, yes, it's not a touchscreen. You know, it's not, it's not color. It's e-ink. But uh, it's easy to see your notifications. The battery life is extremely long. Uh, easy to see in direct sunlight because it's e-paper. Works with iOS and Android. Uh, that's something else. So uh, I think I think Pebble is, Pebble is you know is is the way to go at the moment. The other choices uh, so far haven't seemed particularly compelling. Uh, but you know, uh, hopefully. Hopefully someone will crack the code on this. I mean, maybe Android Wear just gets better and more robust. Um, certainly the Moto 360 looks like a nicer piece of hardware than the other two that have come out. And to uh, cut it short, we don't know what the iWatch is going to be like yet, if it even exists. Avram Pilch, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. So you, uh, so you can check out more of my articles, including my columns on Android Wear and other stuff at laptopmag.com and tomsguide.com, which we also run. And follow me on Twitter at geekinchief. You can find us on Twitter also. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Find me on Twitter at Tech Night Owl. Also check our standard web portal at technightowl.com. Check out our forums, our blogs, and we've got another radio show out there about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week we're talking to Ryan Skinner, who's going to talk about all the strange events going on in and around the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. And this is in the Four Corners region. And some really wild, frightening stuff has been happening there. At Paracast.com, that's Paracast.com. Avram Pilch, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.